0: Yeah, um, it's Kenny, uh, and I haven't been calling frequently, I just, uh, been, uh, kind of dealing with some things, but, um, hopefully I find out September what's going on as far as my case is concerned, and, uh, just trying to, I don't know, I was trying to, you know, keep my head down and be peaceful, but, I don't know, maybe, um. Uh, I have to, might have to protect myself, so I don't know what's gonna happen. But um, yeah. Uh, just keep in mind, I'm here because uh, I hopped a turnstile, got into a physical education with a cop, and um, it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. It just seems unreal. Like, you know, uh, I just, I didn't think this would be a big deal. I don't know. But now it seems like uh, people are trying to do things to me, or I don't know. But uh, I guess I'll talk to you later about it. All right. The caller has hung up. So that was my actual cousin. And he has been at Rikers Island since he returned to the country, waiting for what we thought would be a trial, but as it turns out, is just going to be a sentencing. This is a very personal story and I want it to get out because he was a really good dude who has been caught up in a number of terrible systems. Basically, all the terrible systems I've talked about, he has fallen into. And it started when he was 18 years old, so he didn't have even a chance to get into life before they got to him. But let's get into it. My name is Logan Grendel, and you have returned to the Focused on Infinity podcast. Let's talk about it. So I talk a lot about the prison industrial complex, and I talk a lot about the military, and how I'm, you know, I don't, obviously I don't support the military, and the whole idea of supporting the troops to me is just bullshit. It's just another way to basically mask the fact that Our country is a military and some companies. That's basically all we are. That's all we do. And no other country has military bases at the back door or even inside of other countries. And we have 800 of them around the world, right? The idea that America is some sort of benevolent force in the world. I mean, if you didn't realize it under this president that that's a lie, like, I don't know what's going to make it happen for you, but, but it's the truth. We are not, and we have not ever been the good guys. And the reason I'm starting with my cousin's story is not only because it needs to be heard, but because we really need your help. Any of you that are in the legal professions, any of you that are lawyers, or any of you that know about um, defense against this sort of thing, like literally hit me up. And if you know someone who is, please do point them in, in my direction. Because let's start with a little bit of the history. We'll go all the way back to how this all began. Starts when he was about 18 and looking for something to do with himself being a, you know, black male without a family with money and, you know, with a rudimentary education, but just what was available through public schooling. So, it seemed like the best idea was for him to join the military. I mean, at least to him it did, because they were offering college, they were offering opportunities, and of course, they were offering the VA. So, you know, you'd have healthcare for essentially the rest of your life after you did your term of service. Sounds great. But he came of age right around 9-11. So what happened? Well, he went to Iraq. So this young man went as a soldier and did the God's only knows what to the Iraqi people. And I don't even ask him about it, right? I don't ask him specific stories or to tell me about the situation because I know that we were not the protagonists of that story. History has shown to us that we were there for no reason Well, we were there for reasons, definitely for reasons, but they were not good reasons. We were there based on a lie, but mostly to further American empire and corporate interests, especially those of the military-industrial complex. And you know what they need? They need poor people to stay poor so that they can offer them incentives that should be free and are free in every other country, such as healthcare and schooling. These things should be the baseline offerings of any society that considers itself worthwhile. What is the point of having a society if you don't make sure people are alive? If they're injured, they don't die for no reason, especially not the reason being that they don't have enough money. What is the point of having a society if a person cannot acquire the amount of education that is required to live well in that society? But we don't offer that, right? So he goes to war and fights in war and fights in war as what we all discovered later was as the villain. And one of the reasons I don't ask him what happened to him out there is because I know how these things go, right? You go out there and you do what you're told. And at the time, they didn't know, especially not at age 18. The brain isn't done developing until age 24, right? I mean, that's a fact. And there are plenty of decisions that people should be able to make as adults. I mean, I believe, I believe in, I believe in personal liberty. I believe people should be able to drink, do whatever, you know, once they reach a physical age of maturity where they can handle these things and they're not, doing adverse damage to them themselves as they develop. That, to me, is important to make a delineation between child and adult physically, right? But the process of growing up, that's just an ongoing process, right? You still feel like the same person, but you just have more ability to discern, more ability to stay out of trouble, and also you understand more the notion of consequences. And also your body doesn't respond as quickly or heal as quickly, So you make better choices, right? But otherwise you feel very much the same. But at 18, you're, you're relatively speaking just invincible, right? So they get these kids fresh out of high school and send them to some foreign land thousands of miles away. And what happens to you when you're that far out of area with a group of people with whom you have developed this special kind of camaraderie because of the very, very specific experience you're all going through together and the trauma and the traumatic experiences that you're going through. You form up. And of course, what they do is they push forward the ones that have the worst, cruelest instincts, and they put those people above the others. Why? So that when you need to do something that is unconscionable, the people who are in charge are the ones that say, you're going to do this, or you're out of here. Or even worse, since you're thousands of miles away from home, trapped with this group of other soldiers, well, who knows what they'll do to you in the night if you break too far from convention right? This bully culture, I mean, what is more bully culture than the military? You're literally going with weapons to a foreign land to, by force, do whatever it is you're told to do. It's hierarchical, it's patriarchal, and it's also all for corporate interest. It's really the nexus of, I mean, it's essentially the cops of the world, and we know how I feel about the fucking police, right? So, this is the situation that he gets into, first off, first adult experience, basically. And what happens? Well, based on the things that happened to him, which I don't, again, don't know this too many specifics of and will not ask. He came back a different person. I mean, he was on various medications, strong medications, strong, strong medications. And I believe that the reason that, you know, he had to be so heavily medicated was not because there was something wrong with him. It was because he's a normal person who had been essentially forced, coerced by circumstance and then by individuals to do monstrous things. How can you heal from that? Especially if it is not acknowledged, and especially if you are consistently gaslit and lied to about the fact that what you were doing was for some benevolent purpose. So medicated, heavily, heavily medicated. Now, when he returns, he has no money because they don't treat vets well at all. They treat vets like shit. You literally go and risk your lives. And again, this is not some support the troops type of jingoistic bullshit. I don't believe that anyone should be going over there to essentially commit war crimes on behalf of the American empire. Fuck that. But if you're going to get people to do that, this is the world that we live in. This is the reality of now, right? So if you're going to get someone to do that, the very fucking least you can do is protect those people, is help those people, is make sure those people have every single thing they need for the rest of their natural lives. But what happens? No, he comes back with a war mentality on Who knows what kind of pharmacopoeia salad, what sort of brain stew they've created for him. And he has no money, so he jumps a turnstile. Any one of you who's thinking, well, it was illegal, he deserved it. I don't think anyone who's listening to this would actually think that or say that. But if you're thinking it for a second, crime is always a response to poverty. When people have everything that they need, you don't get crimes like that. Now, ask yourself why you think a person should have to go to jail for not having money. That's the nicest way I can say that. At any rate, jumps a turnstile, gets caught by the NYPD, and they do as they do. They see a young, tall, black male, they view him as a threat, and they immediately accost him and go straight to physical tactics. But this is a soldier who's just recently been at war. What do you think is going to happen when a bunch of people attack you, especially for what you view as unjust reasons? You could have just given him a ticket, right? But no, they went to physical, and so what happened? whatever happened, happened, is all I'm going to say here. The long and short of it is that he ends up with cases. And no, he did not hurt or damage, he did not viciously injure some cops or anything like that. So just get that shit out of your head. Not that it would have mattered if he did, given the circumstances, but just to set the record straight. So then, bam, he goes from being caught up in the military-industrial complex to the fucking prison-industrial complex. Because that's what we offer to kids here, especially fucking black males. All poor people, really. All poor kids. Poor kids, your choice is poverty, minimum wage job that will never get you anywhere, or maybe the military. If you come back alive, maybe we'll send you to college. That's what they dangled in front of his face. But guess what? You can't fucking go to college if you're in jail. Now, what is a Marine doing in jail? You just brought this person back from war where they had to react with violence, to life-threatening situations. What the fuck do you expect? So, long story short, he went elsewhere for a while. And we thought that this had all been resolved by the time that he left. Well, as it turns out, the very second he returned to the States, he was immediately arrested and immediately extradited from California to New York. And here he sits in Rikers Island. Now, let's keep in mind, most of the people who are on Rikers Island, and when I say most, 75-plus percent pre-trial, they are in some of the most hellish fucking conditions that the prison system has to offer, not having been convicted of anything, right? Innocent until proven guilty is not a thing in this country anymore, especially not when you got to deal with a place like Rikers Island. So as you heard in the message, he gets there. We're trying to figure out what to do with this case, how to get him some help, how to get him a legal team. And, you know, he calls me every now and again, we, we chat, and he's told me that, well, guess what? They're skipping basically everything and going straight to the sentencing. Now, one of the excuses they're using is because of COVID, they can't do all the court cases in the normal process and everything is either backed up or waylaid, whatever, whatever. But I believe also that the reason that they're doing this so quickly is because, well, look, if you can get more people into prison beds and that's your job, why wouldn't you just do that? They don't care about his story. They don't care who he is as a person. They don't care if he deserves to be in there Not that anyone deserves to be in there. Abolish fucking prisons. Abolish them. All right? There are so few people that should actually be under lock and key because they actually present a danger to society. The percentage of people that if they had their needs met would need to be under lock and key is infinitesimally small. So there he is. And now it looks like he's going to get five years upstate. Why? Because they didn't go through the correct process, right? Because they're trying to rush the whole thing through. Literally just skip straight to the sentencing phase. And you wonder why we say ACAB. And you wonder why we say abolish police and abolish prisons. This shit is hella personal. I'm not even a big believer in blood family, as weird or controversial as some people might think. The people you're born to, the people you're related to by blood, I mean, it's just luck. It has nothing to do with you or your choices or anything like that. It's great if you have connections with people to whom you are related by blood. That's great. But that's luck, right? Like the saying goes, the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. That saying means the opposite of what people think it does. It means that the the relationships we choose mean more than the ones we were just given by luck or fate. But for me, this was one of those. This is a relationship that both by fate and by choice is a person that is in my life. You know, he's 10 years my junior. He's just the age of like a little brother or something like that. And that is how I thought about him, or I'd still think about him to this day, you know, despite the ups and downs that happen in life. And what can you do when a person never has a fucking chance? Not one minute in this life did he have a chance. And you think you're doing the right thing. You think you're going about all the right steps. You think you're doing what you're supposed to do in order to get ahead, in order to be able to help your family and help yourself, to improve your station in life. And where does it get you? It gets you drugged the fuck up, beaten up by cops shot at by people in a foreign country who have every fucking right to shoot at you because you're invading their homeland and probably killing their family and friends. This is what this country has to offer its citizens. And this is one of the reasons that I was not going to get into the electoral politics and the current situation right now, but this connects to it. Go ahead and vote for Joe Biden, but shut the fuck up about it. All right? I vote all the time, but... First of all, I know how rigged our fucking elections are. It's very likely the Republicans are going to win because nobody fights voter suppression. What they just do is they they forget about politics and then they show up and they yell at you to vote every four years. And they don't notice that 1.9 million votes were cast and not counted in 2016, that 1 in 12 votes was suppressed. So we can vote as hard as we want to, but until we actually fix the fucking systems, nothing will change. And even if we do get the right person elected, what is that going to do for other people like my cousin when the minimum wage is $7.25 an hour, which is not enough to live on in any state in the union and nowhere? You can't save money. You can't buy a house. You can't start a family. You can't do any of the things that this society essentially demands that you do, or at least says that you do. That's how you become a good citizen, is to do the things and follow the path that they put out for you. But that path is poisoned. You cannot walk that path. The pitfalls along that path are such that where you will probably end up is in some place that will get you half or completely killed. Some place that will break your spirit or your heart or your body. I'm disgusted with the fact that, look, I got into an argument with somebody pretty recently about voting and they were like, if you're going to criticize Biden, it's just because of ego. The most important thing right now is to vote this dude out. See, y'all motherfuckers don't realize that for a young black person, for a black person of any stripe, it almost doesn't fucking matter who's president. It was under Barack Obama when Black Lives Matter started. We're still getting our asses whooped out there in the streets every fucking day. And Barack Obama didn't have shit to say or do about it. Okay, he blamed, often blamed black people with the right wing framing that, well, if you just do the right thing, you won't be in that in that situation. But what's a motherfucker supposed to do when you have no options, when you know that you want to take care of yourself and you want to take care of the people you love? But 7.25 an hour is not gonna cut it. You've got to do something. And you're going to do something. I'm so many people who've never protested in their lives. So many people who've never actually tried to get anything started in terms of community organizing. Right? So many people who don't, don't do anything except for vote, and yet they think that's all there is. They think that's what's the way that you get involved. They're like little kids. Because you believe in a fucking myth. The benevolence of America is a mythology. One from which we need to wake up. Because my cousin's story is just one of countless thousands, millions probably, and not just the black people, but of poor white people, of I mean of Latinx people of all stripes. And it's it's also similar to the immigrant story. It's just different ways of getting people into circumstances where they are essentially slaves and where they are in either complicit to American Empire or they're ground into the gears of it. So I'm not saying don't vote because as I've said before, I believe in any society worth having people voicing their opinion in their and being a part of their own governance is vital. But in this system, you show up to vote on that one day. That's the absolute least you can do. And it's the least important part of getting involved. And if that's all you do, you don't know anything. And people have the luxury of just voting. Well, that's because their lives aren't in peril all the time every day. It's because you don't feel the existential dread of of police existing walking by police as a black or Latinx person. That's existential fear all the time, all day, every day. And that doesn't get fixed by who the president is. And we need these motherfuckers to fight for us. We need people who think that just voting is going to do it. We need you to do more. We need you to stand up and fight and get involved. Because if you're not willing to do that, the other 364 days of the year, because you're asking us to help you protect the system. Because your life works pretty well. So if you need our help, you're going to have to pitch the fuck in. And I don't even mean to make it transactional, but it is what it is. That seems to be the only way that y'all work. You have been watching basically everyone who's not, you know, cis white person with a little bit of money. And even some of you without that much money, right? You can get by all right as a white person. You just don't understand being out there, black or Latinx or, or queer, right? With a family that doesn't want you. The conversation around privilege is one that has become too fraught. But the long and short of it is, if you think that voting is all there is and is, that's the most important thing, you're just showing that you don't, that your life is pretty easy. I mean, straight up. Because yes, 45 is an existential threat to literally the world. I'm not saying he's not. But here's the thing. He's an existential threat to the world. And that's why you're scared. Because the things that he could do, could affect you. Because if there's no more planet, or if the country goes belly up, or if we go full fascist, then that starts to affect you. But tell me something. Why didn't you care that every town USA with black people, that every Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard in America is already a fascist state? Why didn't you care then? Because it is a fascist state. It's overpoliced. And if you run afoul of them, you end up in jail. And once you're in jail, you're a slave. Why didn't you care about a slide towards fascism then? The to like, what? What? Blowing the trunk, just like an elephant cup that I'm sipping, is filled up with melon and migrate and work. I need a settlement, never fuck with niggas, just like the government. Head in the hood, like I'm trade bomb, rolling up my sleeves, cause I'm here on far soon. Marvel niggas, Capcom, you a double low. We can nap bomb, mass shooting, crack shooting from the mass. Want to take a life, the only thing we have. I'm going to end this episode here. I want to thank you for listening. And again, if you have any, if you know of any people who can provide some sort of legal assistance for this situation, please do email me directly. Focusedoninfinity at gmail.com or hit me up in my DMs on Instagram at focused on infinity or on Twitter at watcher infinite. Um, and anyone else. Actually, feel free to DM me at any time, any questions, anything you want me to cover. Took a little bit of a hiatus from the main podcast because I unfortunately lost my best friend, Beowulf, a couple of weeks ago, and it was devastating during a time when we are all so isolated, especially since, you know, dogs have been my life for the past dozen years. It was a lot, but I'm back, and I know how much work there is to do, and it's time to get to it. Things are going to get even darker. I know this is not a very happy episode, but it is what it is. There's two hurricanes and wildfires bearing down on this country in various locations. You know, the second wave of COVID is coming fast upon us. And just stay safe, right? Stay safe. Wear that mask. Don't be going to restaurants and parties. No matter what anybody tells you, it's just a bad idea, right? Just don't do it. It's going to be next year before we're out of just the COVID part of this mess, and there will be other messes to contend with. And when November comes around, in fact, probably we'll need to do it before November, if you want to do it by mail, I'm going to say this. I'm not going to tell you what to do with your vote, except for this. I could forgive someone for voting for Trump the first time. I can. I get it. I would never have done it, but I get it. You know, you wanted to flip the table. Didn't really think he was going to win. Wanted to just roll the dice and see. I get it. But if you're thinking about voting for him in 2020, that will fall on your head. And if that sounds like a threat, it's because it is. I am a witch after all. Otherwise, do whatever you got to do. I recommend voting down ballot at very least because those down ballot races are super duper important. Much love to you all. Thank you again for listening. We'll talk soon. Grandelab.